This program contains language that is intended for mature or immature or immature audiences. Anyone affiliated with this train wreck of a show assumes no responsibility for its content. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hide the kids and pop the top on a cold one. Coming to you from the Riverbank Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, please welcome the inebriated cast of Section 304. Welcome into the Section 304 podcast, drinking beers, talking ears. Thanks for checking us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at Section304Podcast.com. I'm Anthony Lewis in the studio today. John Crum, Matt Durrett, Jeremy Yost, back at it. Need that Thin Lizzy song playing. The boys are back the in boys town. boys are back in town. It's been a while. Good. Now I got that song stuck in my head because dumbass over here keeps singing Baby Shark and I put my headphones on. Baby That's all that was going Baby Shark. Do, 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 do. Baby Shark. Do, 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 and as you can tell, we haven't, missed, we haven't missed a beat since March. <laughs> Mommy <laughs> Shark. Do, 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 do. You've been hanging around with your nephew too much. No way, man. Uh, I think it's Ruben's kid that listens to that shit. Oh, boy. <laughs> but anyway, it's good to be back. Um... You know, it's been a while since all the COVID shit broke out, and what a turbul- strange times, turbulent. Uh, so, twenty twenty has been really wild, just in general. You know, we started off with the Australian wildfires. Well, just in general, like we come back, it's basketball season. The oh, hoop yeah. team is rolling. We beat Ohio State. If you guys think then back, we fall off, but they start then, making a little yeah, run there at yeah. the end, and then boom. Man, and we beat Baylor, and I think they were right there. That Baylor game, they were knocking on the door of everything that, that Hugs and them were saying. And then nothing. The tournament, everything's canceled. They canceled the NBA. They canceled the NHL. Baseball is fucked. And here we are a few months later. Speaking of fucking baseball, did you all watch that documentary on King Griffey Jr. on the MLB Network? No. No. I got it recorded. Epic. I did watch the uh, home run 30 for 30. Don't care about McGuire and Sosa. Steroids. Griffey Jr. is the best baseball player clean to ever do it, I think. I I got to see him in the 94 home run derby in Pittsburgh. Oh, really? Baltimore was the one. He flipped that fucking cap backward and banging shit off the warehouse. But that dock was done very, very well. It It was solid. Hour and a half long, and Griffey Jr., I don't see how anyone could have anything bad to say about him. They were talking about his Reds years where, like, he had all the injuries and all this shit happened, and people thought that he had just gotten the money and then was just, you know, kind of tail-ending it. Oh, he was hurt all the time. And they said also people don't realize he played so long with uh, with some of these injuries just nagging, and he never had the surgery done, and then it just got to the point where it just failed him completely. But the fact, like, when they talk about him and his dad playing together in Seattle, it's just fucking cool, man. And most people like Griffey. Like, a lot of people who play baseball got into baseball because of Ken Griffey. And that dude. The kid. Who the hell didn't vote him in as a unanimous? There's three sports writers. Those guys need to be outed, and the assholes who didn't vote for Derek Jeter also need to be outed. Make it known. There's no way you can't vote him in as a, as a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he's in, but he got in with the three people voting Opposing. nay on him. Yeah. Disgusting. And th- well, and I think there's just those people out there that just vote They're against. Probably just Seattle to vote writers. against. They're probably Seattle writers. Right. 
angered that he didn't finish the career in Seattle. Yeah. And That's baseball, though. Baseball takes itself way too seriously. Think about this. Bob Herzl gets a vote, or at least he used to. You know yeah. Bob? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot, there's a lot of um, – I, I don't know. Well, I mean, Bob used to cover a lot of baseball for Pittsburgh, so mm-hmm. maybe he deserves one. But there's, there's, a, there's just a lot of votes out there. And, um, you know, so somebody's going to say nay on Griffey. But, again, it's good to be back. Um, man, it's been a crazy few months in general just with the COVID thing. And then the, you know, the country is uh, just kind of divided and torn, which kind of leads into our, our, our next, our, this segment. And we wanted to talk about the Kerry Martin Jr. situation at West Virginia University. I know in our group text, um, I know we all kind of, look at it in different perspectives in different ways but um and and this is just me um kind of just looking at it um one and and we're going to have coach Han on to talk about the TBT in the second segment but there's something I wanted to talk to him about and it's basically how do you as a team handle these things when a player has an issue with a coach um you know how do you handle it and in my th- and when I look at it from the outside looking in, it looked to me like Martin just didn't know either didn't know how to handle it or wasn't getting the answers and the action that he wanted from the issues um, that were taking place. Yeah, there. well, I mean, with me, it's kind of like social media gets to the point that. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's like these these people use social media instead of being, a, you know, if, Lou, if i got a problem with you and you're my supervisor, I'm going to go straight to you. If I don't see a change there, then I'm going to go one up above you and I'm going to keep going up the ladder. I, I'm not going to get on social media and blast it. Or if I do, that's going to be my very last resort. I've gone, and in my opinion, Martin should have went to Brown. If that doesn't work, then he goes one more to lines. If that doesn't work, then he goes and, I mean, Gee lives on campus. You go knock on. You go hit the intercom on Gee's gate. He'll talk to you. You go talk to him. Then, if that doesn't work, then you go blow right. up because you know. And that's and, not the way anybody does anything anymore. It's a generation. So, social media. Right. Social media is is a gift and a curse because if you look, anything you've ever posted on social media can be bought back to haunt you. So before you hit send. You better reread it and think twice because look at some of these guys that get drafted and they're bringing up shit that they said when they were 14 and 15 years old. Oh, yeah. Social yeah. media is, is is probably not the way to handle it. And then when I read through it, it was like, okay, you said all that to say he's not a bad guy. So you didn't necessarily say it was – I didn't take it as necessarily a racist thing other than the the part in there where he said, you know, the slave master mentality – I took it as these are things that shouldn't be in the weight room or a training room or a, a film session at all. Why do I care what your politics are? Why do I care what your thoughts on these on, on the situation in the world is? That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to play football. You're here to teach me where I'm supposed to be in a 4-3 defense when this receiver goes in motion. You're here to teach me who I'm supposed to pick up on this coverage, what I'm supposed to do with this. I don't. I don't care. We sit here every every week or you know whatever. I don't give a shit what you guys think about politics. Right. And you're allowed to have. Everybody's allowed to have their own beliefs. At the end of the day, 
you don't have to believe everything the way everyone else does. And I think that's where people are getting lost now. It's like, okay, well, just because I don't believe that or you support Trump and I don't support Trump, that doesn't mean we can't get along. I think it's more basic than that. The Whatever means of communication between the players and coaches, whatever, however they're supposed to handle stuff, failed. But if it you failed. look, but if you look too, coaches are now using social media just as much as yeah, kids right. to get their but, shit out there. That's the problem. People don't talk anymore. There is no communication. Everything is done through fucking text. Everything's done through social media. You go out and you look at people sitting at a table eating dinner together. They're not talking. Yeah, but I mean, pictures of obviously Martin t- did not think that he could go to Coning and bring this up. He didn't think he could go to Brown. But do you feel that way after you read it and he says he's a good guy, he's done right by me in most parts, his beliefs are just old. Well, he has Car- come down Car- to Charleston Martin, to make listen, sure I'm eating. And- well, Car- you know, listen, he's not a he's not a um, a public relations. I mean, this wasn't set up by his agent. No. You're talking right. about a 19-year-old kid that is just expressing himself how 19-year-old kids express themselves. Um, and here, and let me let me back up from one perspective. If you are a coach and you are coaching kids, and I, I talked about this on Weekly Show last week, you're coaching kids from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Every demographic, kids with parents in the home, kids with no parents in the home, kids with one parent in the home, black kids, white kids, Hispanic kids, you've got to have compassion for and empathy for situations. Because if you look at what's going on around the country, um, young black athletes right now are speaking out on a, on a social platform, on a social issue. And if your politics are different than that and you're coaching these kids, you might want to think either, one, keep your mouth shut, or two, learn to find the common ground and have the conversation. Just because you're the coach – doesn't mean you get to just throw it out there and this is how I think and, and and I guess there were like comments made about protesters and how they should have been tear gassed, you know, and, and that's that's a whole slippery slope. We don't know what was right. truly said. We don't we know. got Carrie Martin's point of view. Right. And that's it. And then you got a response from from Coning and you got a response from Coach Brown. So it looks it to me from the outside it looks like there's there is some smoke. And maybe there is some, maybe a little fire there. We don't know exactly what was said, but as a coach, you've got to, when you've got different kids from different backgrounds, no matter what your politics is, you've got to be able to find some sort of empathy and common ground and be able to have that conversation because yeah, I agree with you. You you are coaching X's and O's, but at the same time, you are also um, kind of mentoring young men. But if, if, if his, if his, if what you believe is different from what someone else believes, and you sit and have that conversation, and he still comes out and posts this, then how do you feel? Because I, I, th- I think I want to know why he went to social media before he had a conversation. That needs to be addressed. Well, I'm sure I also don't think he understood that this was going to be on ESPN.com, and tens of thousands of people were going to read it in like an hour. Oh yeah. And in that article, he gets contradicted by his high school coach. The problem is, is when you put something like that out, when you label someone with that, and like I said, I don't, 
I don't know that it's necessarily calling him a racist. I think there's part of that that plays into it, but he didn't out and out say he's a racist. He's, you know, he's a good guy, got different beliefs. But when you label someone as a racist, as a, a sexual predator, as whatever, that sticks. They're radioactive. That yeah. stays. Regardless, I mean, if you look at, like, Kobe with the shit that went on in Colorado, he's found not guilty via trial. There's still thousands, if not millions, of people who think that guy's a rapist. So once you label that and once you put that out into the universe, that stays. So before you hit send, again, look at it, read through it, make sure. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying nobody knows what was said except the people in that room or on that video chat and and you know they're the ones that were there but i think it's just a whole lot easier and a lot it could it could have been handled better but like you said he's 19 that's what they know now everybody's going to social media with everything and that's fine and you know he has his right to feel that way and, and and to want that change and nobody should have to feel uncomfortable in a situation like that but if if that coach has done right by you that way like he says at the end of it, you know, mm-hmm. he's done right by me. He's done this, this, and this. Yes, he does call and check up on me to make sure I'm good. If he's done that and you've got that kind of relationship, I have to think if you pick that phone up and instead of typing that message out, you make that phone call, I have to think there's going to be a conversation had because now it's not it's not the intent with which you say it. It's the intent with which it's received. So I could say something that I think is absolutely not offensive at all, but if Crumb takes it a certain way and it's offensive to him, then I have to figure out how to make that to where it's it's not insensitive and it's not offensive to those because it's not the way I mean it. It's the way you take it. I, I tell you another thing that people don't understand right now is the power dynamic has switched. I mean, look at this. You have – a kid who has concerns, I mean, puts a message out there and within, what, a couple hours, Vic Koning's on leave. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we grew up, if you had a disagreement with a coach, it was, well, get your ass out of town. There's, It's completely flipped. Look at Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy almost got fired over wearing a T-shirt, and they took the player's side of it. Mike Gundy is – Oklahoma State's Don Nealon. You would think he would be untouchable, but he's not. And the players, I, I think this is good. We're listening to them, and they're getting to voice their concerns, but they need to understand that, you know, if you label a coach like Martin labeled Koning, that coach might get fired. Well, no, not, so, only, not only how Koning was labeled, but then how Carpenter was labeled. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it's it, they can get rid of a coach now. The university is going to listen to them. His concerns were addressed immediately. Brown put out a statement. Uh, Shane Lyons did. Koning's on leave. Koning might not be the coach next year. Now, I think they're going to work it out. I really do. But the players got to understand that they have a lot of power now, and they can get rid of a guy. And was that Martin's intent? I don't know. I don't know. I think – in, and I'm hoping the players – I'm hoping – again, I'm hoping there was some, there's smoke – uh, there has to be something to the accusation. Right. Or else right. I don't think these other steps would have been taken. I think maybe, and this is just, I don't know anything on the inside. This is me just guessing. I think Koning probably came out and said, yes, I've been preaching my politics and I probably shouldn't have. 
and accepted responsibility. Again, that's me speculating because if he just flat out denied it, like, no, and then nobody else was yeah, able to it, back it up. And he could be breaking balls, like Durrett said, and Martin takes offense to it, and that, that goes back to communication. Well, you got to know who's in your room. You got to have cl- – there has to be trust right. there. And I'm saying this broke down. This failed well, in this situation. Right now, uh, we are learning something every day yeah. new in America. Right. Not just at Mor- in Morgantown. This We're is learning everywhere. something new in America uh-huh. on, on various levels um, from, um, you know, different – I don't think – I think – there's a there's a cultural shift in America, and it reminds me when you go back and read about the late '60s, the civil rights movement. I think we've we've almost circled back around to that, to where, okay, we're not. This is not acceptable. Um, attacking different demographics of people is not acceptable, and I think um, finally, the things that have sparked this has made a majority of America kind of wake up and go, okay, we're not, we're not going to go down this but road. But how much, like with the Gundy situation, he's going on a charter fishing trip. You've been to some of these media things. How many T-shirts are just handed to you? And how? who's to say he doesn't know, like he just grabs a shit T-shirt to go get blood and guts on when he's sweating. And I'm not saying that he's right or wrong, but what I'm saying is some of this shit may not be in the forefront of your mind. Like you can't, like, if you were to grab an old shitty T-shirt that that is an OAN shirt like he did and wear it and be photographed in it, but you don't know what that is. But you now that's you're called you, to the carpet. You, you better know yourself. what you're... Do you think he knows He's a public OAN figure. Is? He has to be better than that. Now, my in my opinion, I don't think your political views should cost you your job. But that's just my opinion. Now, I don't care if OAN is right-wing, crazy... Pro-Trump shit. I mean, if that's what you believe, this is America. You get to believe that. But in my opinion, the coaches have to figure out how but you to can, communicate. But you can see where his yeah, players right. would look at him and be like, whoa, you're down yes. with some of that crazy rhetoric? And right, and right. Eliminate the president because I don't want to go down that road. Right. But some of the rhetoric that comes from those type of networks. But that conversation needs to be had internally, not on Twitter. Right. right. Because once it gets on Twitter, it's too late, yeah. as we found out. Yeah. And, then and all- everyone's commenting about this. There's no sports right now besides golf. ESPN needs clicks. Every other media agency that so does sports up. needs clicks. And this is a great way to get clicks because this is a very hot-button issue. But also how, how you know, you can, you can sit and, and say all these things. You know, I think probably a good 75% of America – is not ra- I'd like to think more of America is not racist, but let's say 75% of America is not racist. So all these conversations are being had, and most people aren't racist or don't feel that way or not seeing things in color. And the ones who are, are they ever really going to change, though? They're not. And that's, that's the, that's that's such the thing. A, and that's the shame of it. It's yeah. like you can have all these conversations with everybody, and everybody gets along. And a year from now, there's going to be – a situation where you have someone who could be a, a cop, could be something else, who 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 does something to someone of color, and it's because they, they are racist or whatever the intent would be, and that's that's what I don't. It's like okay, you can't just think everyone is racist. I will say this: if Vic Koning is a racist, and I'm not saying he is, 
or any coach we have, if any of them are racist, do you want them representing West Virginia no. University? Hell no. No. And I honestly, I mean, I, I, this is me, Anthony speaking. I don't think Vic Hooning's a racist. I think I there's think, a generation communication problem. And I think the political rhetoric, whatever it is, uh-huh. you know, because it's let's just in the former media member, you work in the press. Let me and all of you listening, listen. I'm going to make this real clear. Stop watching cable news. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even news. Trump says fake news. Cable news. All of it is. Fox yes. News, CNN, MS. It's all bullshit. It's it's not not as that it's fake or they're telling you lies. They're telling you what they want to It's just portray. tailored to fix their There's agenda. no truth telling. And what's sad is that has bled over into hardworking people at the local TV stations. Yeah, but you work for MSN, Lou. I mean, back in the day, I mean, even like 10 years ago, like how did players, before social media, how did players get their message? I mean, they, they had to go through the school to – I'm, I'm talking about how would, how would a player 15 years ago – gotten something like this out when they have had to go through the school they would they have, were had, back they would have had to have said something at that yeah. tuesday press conference when they came in and did the interview they don't even really do that anymore it used to be tuesday night right you got the coach no the two tuesday you got the coach uh in the afternoon and then that night after practice you got the players I, i'm saying though if 10 years ago if carrie martin was like hey man this guy's he would mystery. have had to set it to a reporter face to face, and the, probably the reporter would have said, "Hey, I got a guy on your team who's pissed, and this is going down." The school would have found out about. It. There was a way to right. circumvent that it was, before yeah. it. Now you can tweet. Now it, you can tweet and it and yeah. perceived any way you want. So, but listen, you would have th- you would have thought of with players that there would be some type of social media policy. Good luck enforcing that. Well, I, mean, I know yeah. Florida State does it, but they make them shut it down when they come back to camp. I just remember when well, Clint- when I say uh, just when I say social yeah. media policy, I mean we're all under some type of social media I, policy I, with our employer. I guarantee you that that was addressed with Co- with Kerry Martin. I guarantee you that conversation was had when Coach Brown got him on the phone. It was, I mean, you know, yeah, you have the right to say whatever you want, but that's this is not the way we handle it. I, I mean, I, I assure you, and that's what if I was Coach Brown, that's what I would have said to him, like, listen. But then again. He didn't feel like he could go to Coach Brown. I, I just I just want to know why that was because they had protests in I Morgantown he he had, that were peaceful, that and Brown him. was part of it. He supported yeah. his players voicing their concerns, well, he and put that's a great. Out. He stood yeah. right with them. I mean, he, I what he, what I happened? Thought, why did he feel the need to go to Twitter first? I thought Martin said he had talked to Brown. It's coming up that he hadn't. He did, and Brown. At the end that. of the day, I think this shit all gets worked out. I think it's a misunderstanding. I do too. I, do too. I think if, if, like I said, when you guys, when when we first read it, I was like, you know, man, if you read it, if you read it and you read it a couple times and, and like look at it, he's not necessarily saying he's racist. He's saying his beliefs are fucked up, but you can't, you can't, you're allowed to have different beliefs in the world. Like, you know. Some pe- some people go to Baptist church. Some people go to. It others. sounded like yeah. it was bleeding over into practices, and he was the, the way it was addressed was rooms. it was we need a a cultural change in the program, and he's and it sounds so it made me believe that it was kind of bleeding over into the meeting room. Well, it doesn't practices. need to, none of that shit needs to be discussed exactly. in in those places. That, right. At the end of the day, I, I don't think I don't think he's saying he's a racist. I think he's saying I'm not interested in what your beliefs are. Just like, why are you interested in, in if I if I decide to change my faith into something else? 
Like if if I decide to to go change my religion, I don't need you to come and hand me a Bible and tell me what I'm looking at is wrong. That is extremely offensive. Jibu. And I think I think anybody would would feel that way. So if if he's decided to change his faith to something different, he doesn't need to come and approach him with with Bible scripture. I would say that's going to get addressed. Yeah, well, and, I, and it's, I don't. It's think one thing sitting inside the office. Yeah, and you are having a one-on-one conversation. It's no, it's not because what what if what he chooses to believe is what he chooses to believe. I'm saying if Morton went to him and they were sitting in oh. the office on a one-on-one, I want to know why why you believe this, and they are having a man-to-man one-on-one conversation. Whole different ball game. I don't even know that he needs to ever have a one-on-one about why you believe this. If a player came to you asking. Well, yeah, but I don't think any of them went to him asking. I'm 44 years old. I would handle things totally different than what a 19-year-old did. Right. And at at 19, I probably would have tweeted it out. If I was 19, that would have been my – I'm I don't just glad think social media wasn't around. Yeah, us. I don't think the same way as I did. And and what's sad is, and I will address. This, and I want to say this: what is sad is um, these so-called fans that attack Martin. And if you go and read so, social media, is really is bad well, right now. But, but they wouldn't say it to the kid's face. Wouldn't say it to the f- kid's face. And if you're one of those fans that is okay for for uh, okay with cheering. Uh, a young black kid because he can pick off a ball or score a touchdown, but you don't have any type of empathy from uh, for their what they're trying to express. Um, you know, with things going on in this country, don't buy a fucking ticket. I mean, it's not it's not about you know what can this kid. I I hate reading when they're like, well, if they don't like it, take your ass somewhere else. No, you take your ass somewhere else because you you only support this kid when he's scoring a touchdown for your team. Right. Right. And if you can't logistically stand behind someone, you know, and I said it the other day, and I'll say it here. It's not black versus white right now. It's America versus racism. So if you, what side of the fence do you want to be on? Do you want to come together as Americans? This is a melting pot of a country. You can come together as a country and deal with this systematic issue, or you can stand over there and just say, well, I don't want to deal with that. You, you can't. It, I think we've come to a point in this country where you can't just stand on the sidelines. And no matter, and it's not even about politics. Mm-hmm. This is just if you see something wrong or somebody messing with your neighbors or because of their whatever religion or whatever race they are. I mean, I I mean, social media just dehumanizes people. Yeah, it does. When you yeah. don't have to talk to someone face to face, you will say stuff to them that you would never say. To their face, yeah. basically. Well, who, who and those people said, commenting on what Martin, you know, did, they would never say that to his face. No. Not, I would say one out of ten might. I mean, and someone said, someone said it, and I can't remember if it was an ex-pro athlete or whatever, but they said social media has turned into, you know, the bar, and you would say what you want at the bar, uh-huh. but the difference is, is back in the day, you'd say <laughs> what you said in the bar, you and you get punched in the mouth. I, yeah. It's, you well, know, now, yeah. now you don't. You can say what you want freely without getting the risk of getting hit in the mouth. I just think that the players need to understand that the power dynamic is switched. Like, if they want to get rid of a coach, they can do it. And you guys, it's funny you guys brought up, and I know we're really long on this segment, but you guys brought up Coach Kerlav and, and the way he coached. 
the thing about the difference with Kerlab versus um, the way he he didn't draw a line. There was no line. You got what you got from Kerlab. It was, and he'll tell you, it was my way or there ain't no other way. I've got him on video <laughs> quoting mm-hmm. saying that. Well, but Kerlab, he wasn't cricket. he wasn't coming down on you because of social issues. He was coming down on you because your ass was being no, lazy no, in no, practice. No, but kids today don't handle that shit well. As I said, a friend of mine who coaches was suspended because he told them they were playing like bitches. But can you imagine being in fucking high school and your coach saying you're playing like bitches and you run home and tell mommy and then mommy files a fucking protest against said coach and he gets suspended? Dude, you know how many coaches I would have had in school had all that been reported? We would have been through coaches every other fucking week. Kids uh, today are raised That's what they got to get to the bottom coddled. of. Them. I mean, right. That's, in right. my opinion, they got to figure out where did Coning cross the line. Well, and let, let me say why this. you know, like I just I just want to know why he didn't go to the coaches first. Yeah. I, I, I do. You know what? Full, we might never know that. No. It's it, frankly, it's none of our damn business. No, and I've got full faith. Yeah. in President Gee, Shane Lines, Coach Brown, that this will be resolved. It will be resolved internally, and as a family. And if it can be. If, and, and get taken care of. However that is, mm-hmm. it will be taken care of, and everyone will be on the same page from I here on so. out. This can tear a locker room apart. I mean, in the downtime, I've been listening to – they had Jake Kelsner and Mike Baker on three guys. They also did one with Kevin Koken, and those guys were all on the um, – they were on undefeated teams at West Virginia, and the commonality between the 93 and 88 team was they were – led by seniors, but they were family. Yeah. And they all trusted each other, and when stuff got tight, they knew they could count on each other. And that's – all great teams are f- truly families. And, I mean, this is the kind of thing – I mean, what if you love Coach Coning and he gets canned? What if he was your guy yeah. and now he's gone? I mean, how would how would you feel about that? So, I, th- I think – I agree with fine. you. They're going to work it out, and this will blow over, but – the players got to understand, like, if they want to get rid of a coach, they can do it now. So, with power comes responsibility. So, before you tweet some stuff out, you got to understand that, I mean, you could you could right, end a coach. Right, you tweet it out yeah. there, it's out there. It's out there, and the, media, the national media is picking up on it, and that thing can get out of your, out of your control real quick. Oh, so, it only took hours. All right. Day. All right. We're going, to, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Coach Billy Hahn. Um, you guys, of course, have heard that the, the uh, best Virginia basketball team will not be participating in Columbus. Damn um, corona. The coronavirus has uh, plagued that team. So we'll, we're going to talk to Coach Hahn. Uh, I think he's got some things to say. Um, in general, he seemed pretty excited to be hearing from me this morning. So we'll take a break. When we do that, we'll do that when we come back. We'll be right back after this word, 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 word. Son of a bitch! When your heating and cooling system needs service, turn to Francisco Heating and Air Conditioning. They've been delivering quality service in West Virginia since 1980. No matter the make or model, Francisco Heating and Cooling can make sure your unit is back in service in no time. And their work is guaranteed. 
Francisco Heating and Air Conditioning is fully licensed and insured and is a certified train dealer. And remember, it's hard to stop a train. Find them on Facebook or call 304-542-1895. Catch the Mountaineers in comfort with Francisco Heating and Air Conditioning. What the hell you want, boy? Damn! Mr. Charles, can I use your bathroom, please? What you gonna do? Number one, number two. Number two. You ain't gonna drop no thinking loads here. Anybody drop a thinking load, it's gonna be me. Welcome back to the Section 304 Podcast, drinking beers, talking ears. Thanks for checking us out. This week, joining us on the phone from the cat or from the University City, not the Capital, Capital City, City. The University City. Calling in from Morgantown. Coach Han, good to hear from you. What's been going on? What's, what's up, fellas? Good to hear from you guys, man. It's been a while since we've talked. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. We've uh, we were talking about that earlier, how we've been quarantined. We've been locked down for a few months, so it's good to be back out and about and back doing the show. Um, usually we take the summer off, but we thought we could uh, throw something together. A lot going on in the sports world, especially in Morgantown. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm six, turned 67 on June the 22nd a week ago. And in 67 years I've been living, I don't think I've ever seen like this, both with the, with the coronavirus and this black, white, stuff going on is absolutely mind-boggling to me yeah this it's been we we were we spent some of the first segment talking about the you know the issues in the locker room with with carrie martin and vic coning and um and but we were um you know with this coronavirus thing think about what all it's taken away from us as far as basketball and now it's bled into the summer and now there's no tbt tournament um how did the guys uh, – have you talked to any of the guys on the team about, you know, having to pull out, and what's their response been? I have talked to. Uh, first of all, they're very disappointed. They're really looking forward to it because they thought we they added to their team, which would have been way better than last year because, as everybody recalled, Jawan Staten went down after our first game. He got injured and couldn't play the rest of the tournament. We were lacking guards, and this year they loaded up, and they were going to have Tariq Phillip was back, and Baxter Miles was going to be able to play. So they had the guards loaded up along with with the bigs again, and they added Logan Rowe because Devin Williams wasn't going to be able to play, so or he changed teams. But anyway, they're disappointed, and they were looking forward to it, and it's not going to happen because – I think one or two of them got the virus, and they were tested. And I give the TBT all kinds of credit because they are taking extra, 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 extra precautions for all the teams that are going to be playing in the TBT to get tested and make sure that they're quarantined and they're all staying at the same hotel and extra precautions. So 
I guess it's good, you know, but we're not going to be able to see him on TV on ESPN. But, and we all desperately need something to watch, I can tell you that, because Amen. the world's missing all the sports. Well, that's for sure. Yeah, that was, um, you know, first it was a tough blow. They moved it from Charleston to Columbus, so which was yeah. kind of crazy to me because Columbus in Ohio is, you know, those numbers there are going up, but Charleston's now – well, West Virginia's exploding numbers-wise. Well, I heard it was also the Civic Center said they weren't hosting oh, any. Oh, is, is that what Because it was? they also, the whole thing with graduations, that type, that stuff too, they said yeah. no graduations, we're not hosting anything in here. That's, you know, yeah. nothing. So, so, yeah, the first blow is moving in out of Charleston, and then the second blow is West Virginia. Yeah. You know, cause people, yeah. The, the storyline was there. People were excited to see the Mountaineer alumni team play against the Marshall alumni team. Yeah. That would have brought in a yeah, lot of that, balls. That would have been great. Yeah. Best Virginia State. versus heard that. That I mean, it was a good storyline. Yeah, so, that would have been a great so, thing to see. So I guess from what I understand, it that that spread pretty quick throughout the team, I guess throughout a workout and maybe one practice. Is that the way? Yeah, I mean? they, had, they, had, uh, they had two practices. And over the course of two practices – uh, a couple of them had it, and I think because they were all around each other, I don't know the total number. I never heard a total number, but I know there's at least four, and maybe more than that. But I know of four. I won't mention names or anything, but I know four have it for sure. But I've been in touch with the ones I know have it, and they all said they're doing okay, and the symptoms are a little bit tired, and they were a little... They had no shortness of breath, but they lost their taste buds, and they can't. They couldn't taste anything anymore. Hmm. What were you guys going to throw to everybody? Were we going to see some pressing, or like how were we going to play? I think that was going to do a little bit of everything, and I think you would have. I think coming out of timeout, you probably would have seen us press. To come out another timeout, we one three one half court zone defense, and then our man to man. You know, like Hucks always taught about being up the lane and overplaying people and making people go back door on you and everything. And I think real offensively, we're going to just uh, try a lot of run up, a lot of pick and roll game, a lot of, of two man game with the guards we had. Our guards are pretty damn good now. Our guards would have been great, man. I mean, guys are good enough to play in the G League. And Tariq and Dax, I mean, that's just a. A, a, a cup of coffee away from the NBA. I mean, mm-hmm. Kevin Jones can play. Devin Butler can play. Nate Adrian had a great year in France. I mean, I think the team was loaded. I think the team had a chance, you know. I told him, I said, well, the great thing about it is it was only a million-dollar winner this year. Next year, you can win it all for two. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the, um, I, I guess with um... – is, is the way to win this tournament through your guards? You know, I, I always feel like winning the NCAA tournament comes down to guard play. Is that how this tournament works as well? I've always, I've always thought, as long as I've been in the business, I've always thought, thought whatever level it is, whether it's junior high, high school, college, pro, whatever, I think the best guards always win. Everybody said, well, you got to have big men. Nah, I think the guards definitely win at all levels. You look at the great teams. You look at the teams that win NCAA tournaments. They always have, I, in my opinion, always had the best guards. That's, right. that's how you think you win. And I think our guards are pretty damn good. So 
we'll see what happens now. We can watch it on TV, and we can watch somebody else cutting out of, out of the net. <laughs> hey, so you've you've worked clearly. You've been in locker rooms your entire life. Um, with you know the you saw last week over on the football side the Kerry Martin thing with the tweeting and yep. and uh, let me and just kind of getting away from that a little bit what is what is your philosophy on and your approach to dealing with kids you've you've dealt with various generations so things you know the, the kids you coached in the 80s are not the same type of kids you coached in 2010 things are just totally right. different but what's the approach there i mean how, how do you keep the door open to a young man where they feel like they can come and talk to you about certain things versus just going to the press or tweeting it out? Well, over, over I, I, the 40 years I did it, every 10 years you could see a difference in kids. Every 10 years you could see a change. And it's gotten to a point now where with social media, which I blame a lot of it for, it's so easy that anybody can pop off on social media. Uh, I see further and further the lack of a kid being able to come in and talk to talk to you face to face, man to man, about whatever it might be. And I think the number one thing that coaches need to understand is they have to build a trust factor. They have to build a factor where the kid trusts you. The kid trusts that you can he can talk to you openly, and you can trust him. And you can talk to him openly. You know, it's a it's a two way it's a two way street, and you've got to be able to be able to be able to talk to him. He's got to be able to talk to you, and the head coach has to be able to lead from up top and. The assistant coaches take over from the head dog, and I sort of think that's how it is right now. I mean, I've said this through the whole thing. This is crazy. For all the years I've been around, as a, as a, before I before I got into coaching, I played. I was only one of a couple white guys on the, on a team that was all filled with black people, black kids. Uh, I've said this from the very beginning of this whole thing. And people keep an open mind and really think about this. More of a white thing than a black thing. I think there's more of a problem with the mentality of white people than there are of black people. And I, I've always said this, that when I was out recruiting and I was in, in Chicago or New York City and Philadelphia Baltimore and Washington, D.C., and all the home visits I had and all the places and all the neighborhoods I was in, uh, there was many times where I was the only white person in an all-black situation, whether it was neighborhoods, whether it was a, uh, a restaurant, whether it was a bar, wherever it might take you, where all of a sudden I'm the only white guy in there. And I've always learned from that that I'm saying to myself, man, now i got a pretty good idea what a black man feels like when he's basically the only black guy in an all-white situation. 
And until you've been through, I think, the only white person in a black, all-black situation, I think it's hard for people to understand. And I just think it's more of a white problem than a black problem, mentality-wise. That's just my opinion. So you're saying, basically, anytime you've put yourself in a position where you're the minority, you've you've kind of learned from that, trying to, basically, the empathy and understanding yes. fr- from, the, from yes. both sides. I, I get that. I mean, yes. I can see but that. But you know what? And here's what's crazy. I don't think there's been enough white people in that situation that they they don't know, they never they don't understand the other side of it, you know, because they haven't been there. It's all about it. It's all about education. It's all about it's all about Billy Hahn educating people because of the situation I've experienced and the situation I've been through. That's how you educate people. That's how people become educated about what we're talking about because the whole gist of the thing is people don't have an idea because of they're just ignorant. I mean, they were born and raised a certain way and that's the way their family was raised them. It's not because the families are bad. I just use the word ignorant, just just not educated enough about the situation. Well, and anybody that's ever played sports, you know, if you're you're in a locker room uh, yep. with 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 people, uh, basically, especially at the collegiate level, uh, that shit doesn't play. Like you, you really, you like you said earlier, Crum. You have to believe the the '88 team and the '93 team. They were a family, and and there is no. Uh, you can't be separate in a locker room and have success. And well, however that comes down, I mean, you've got to really come together as one. And if you've never been in a locker room with all kinds of different people, I can see where yep. the ignorance level probably shoots to the roof because you've just never been exposed to people. It's, uh, I think it's too bad that everybody, <laughs> man or man or woman, has not and can't experience being on a team in, an, in a locker room environment where there's a mixture of everybody and a mixture of different backgrounds. If everybody in our world could go through that situation, I think our world would be a heck of a lot better. Agreed. Way better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What do you think, Coach, of like the situation with West Virginia right now that the kid puts something out and immediately – the coach has put on administrative leave. Like, have have you, in your years of coaching, and when I grew up and played high school sports, it was the coach's way or the highway. I mean, how, how do coaches navigate this now? Because it seems like the administration and university is going to take the player's side. Is that good or is that bad? I don't think anybody knows. But how, how as a coach, do you navigate that? You have to have – you have to have gentle kid gloves on when you talk to the kid, man. You really got to be cautious about what you say and how you say it. That gets back to my point earlier. You have to develop a trust with the young man, and the young man has to develop a trust with you. It's a two-way street, as I said before. But I think what you said is true that Universities have a tendency to listen to the to the kid more these days 
than they do the coach. Uh, you know, Gundy went through that thing at Oklahoma State, and I know Gundy really good. I mean, he was, when I was the assistant basketball coach in Maryland, he was the assistant football coach in Maryland, I mean. Me and Gundy used to hang out together. And we're, and let me just tell you about that. My man Gundy is nothing in the world like he's portrayed to be. Over some stupid comment or whatever, whatever caused whatever caused that the t shirt he was wearing. Please. I know Gundy. I know what Gundy's been through. Gundy was in the locker room. He fell on that are you kidding me? And they're saying, Well, there's words that Gundy did some racist stuff. He was playing quarterback at Oklahoma State. Let me just tell you something, fellas. One more time. I've been there. I've done that. I've been through that. A lot of times over the years, there's stuff said on teams and by teammates and in the locker room where guys are just busting tail and guys are just busting other guys' butts, you know, and like, that's just locker room banner. That's just how it is, man. That's part of that's part of that's part of the laughter, the enjoyment, and the and the and the, and the, and the closeness that a basketball team has. It's pretty amazing that the best teams that I've coached and the championship teams at Maryland, at West Virginia, everywhere I've been, those teams that had championships were always the closest teams. It's amazing how that works. <laughs> Let's uh, pivot. Have you seen any of the uh, new guys coming in for next year? I have not seen any of the new guys. I know they have arrived, and I talked to Hugs last week. Uh, They're all coming back on July the 15th. They're all going to be here. There's a couple new guys are here, and a couple veterans that are here have already taken them under their wing and everything. So I think – I don't know if you guys saw. Did you see that Vegas came out, had the Mountaineers ten to one odds to win the whole thing? I did. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty, I think that's pretty good, isn't it? I like it. That's a, hey, that means you're in the conversation. Absolutely. Now, here's my question: to You guys, will we see it happen? I think we can. I think no. We've got, just I, in general, I, I like say, playing. I say, can we? I'm talking about the coronavirus. Oh. Is the season going to take place? Yes. I hope so. Yeah, we're going to have college football. We're going to have college basketball. Things are going to get back to normal. I'll just say this. People people need to respect this virus and, and take care of themselves. And and I always say this, too. It's the reckless people that are going to ruin it for the rest of us, the people that are yeah. just simply don't give a shit, the people that will pile 300 people up in a pool in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's those type yeah. of people that are going to ruin it for the rest of us. Hey, what do you think about this uh, – NBA draft, they've extended it. You think O looks at it again, or is he back? And and oh, what? I think I think he's definitely back. I don't think I mean I don't think there's even I don't even think there's a thought going through his mind of you yeah. know looking at looking at that path. I mean I think he's back. I think now next year at this time you might be talking about him and him and Derek Culver. You know, are they going to you know are they going to come back for another year or not? But I I think right now there's absolutely no problem you're going to see everybody back and that whole roster that's been put out there that's the roster you're going to see that's the roster you're going to have yeah i didn't know if where they've extended it out to where they can uh where they're going to do the draft i think in like october and the the college guys can 
enter their name again and get a look and have to a certain date to withdraw. I think it's in the in August, September area. I didn't know if if, if he would even consider looking into it again. Right, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, we talked about it just a minute ago. We said it. It comes down to guard play. Do you think we have the guard play to make that type of run? Yes. Well, why don't you guys together <laughs> put the guards' names out there, and we'll talk about them. But like, let's put them all out there at one time together, and then we'll talk about them separately. McCabe. Okay, hey, McCabe. What's McCabe bring to the play, you guys? I like McCabe. I, I'm one of the few who who thinks that uh, McCabe's on a shorter leash than than some others on the team. I don't I don't think he's I think he's a, a field player, and you got to give him a little bit of time in the game to get going. And obviously, I am not a coach, and Huggins knows more than I as he's racked up a shitload of wins in his career. But uh, McCabe gets yanked a lot faster than than say a Chase Harler would for an errant pass. But I think McCabe is your your best route to running a smooth offense. Yeah, I think with McCabe, thing, things go a whole lot better when he's at the head of it run than than uh, anyone else so far. I think he's gotten better since he's been here. Would you agree with that? I Absolutely. do. What happened to his shot? When, 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 I, when I say gotten better, I'm not saying so much athletic ability and tools to get better at basketball skills, but knowing how Hugs thinks, knowing what Hugs wants, knowing what Hugs expects of him, I think he's gotten that a lot, lot better. I think that's come light years. And I think you'll see that more and more. And again, I go back to the trust factor. You don't think Bob's Huggins, Bob Huggins is going to trust him more this year? than he did his first two years. I think he will. He's going to absolutely trust him more. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a great example. Everybody complained and moaned and groaned all the time about Chase Harler being on the floor. Why is he playing Chase Harler? Well, guess what? Hugs played him because Hugs trusted him. Hugs knew he knew everything. Hugs knew, what, Hugs knew that Harler knew what Hugs wanted, wanted. So that's why he played him. And you're going to see that more and more with McCabe. I also think uh, Deuce McBride and McCabe on the floor together is much better than them on the floor separately. I think Deuce is a much better two guard naturally and has a better ability. I don't think you're ever going to look to McCabe to score. I think you need to look to McCabe to give you maybe five, six points a game and then hope his assist level goes up to seven or eight. And I'd like to see Deuce coming off screens more and getting a little more one-on-one play and, and forcing teams to kind of come out and, and focus on him, and then maybe that opens up your, your down-low play, which, I mean, let's be honest, down-low could be really, really nasty this year with Culver, uh, Big O, and then you add uh, Cottrell in there. Down-low could be a, a really, really, really scary-looking scary setup for us this year. But I think the guard play, I think you go as McCabe and, and McBride go. Yeah. I think the two JUCO kids, Sherman and um, McNeil, if they can hit shots yeah. and keep What about teams. Johnson? Who? Kedrian Johnson. Kedrian Johnson. The- He's supposed yeah, to be yeah, a scorer. Right. Well, him too. If they can hit shots yeah. from outside, that will open up the middle, and teams will not be allowed 
to pack it in like they did last year. Right, and that's what we lacked. We had we had no outside yeah. consistent outside shot. I they think they can do it, man. I, I I think that if those two guys can step up and hit shots from outside, we're going to be a nightmare for our opposing teams. I think you're going to see McNeil break out this year. Got I agree. Feeling. I agree. I just think I just think JUCO kids. you need one year to get a feel mm-hmm. of what to expect. I mean, just like being a freshman. I mean, come on now. Those guys are going to be better this year. And then, you know, the hidden gem is, don't you, shooting-wise, the shooter on our team, the best shooter is? Who's that? You guys tell me who's going to be the best shooter on our team this year. I mean, everything I've read, it's it's supposed to be McNeil. Yeah, that's not the name I'm thinking of. (laughs) Who is it, Coach? Think about it. Think about it. You haven't haven't seen him play last year. He he practiced last year. Oh, the kid from Fairmont, Jalen Bridges. Jalen Bridges. Bingo, bingo, mm-hmm. bingo. Yeah, Hug said that if they weren't going to redshirt him, he would have been starting. Let me just tell you, talk about a guy that can shoot the basketball. He's oh, got, he's got some size, too. God. He's long. Yeah. I'm telling you, fellas, I'm Fuck not exaggerating. Wait until you see what I tell you about, man. You go, oh, yeah, Coach Hawn on June uh, 29th was talking about that with us. Yeah, I forgot all about Jalen yeah. Bridges. If I'm oh being my honest. God, fellas, you're gonna love that kid. I mean, I know, I know at Fairmont he was a superstar. I never, I, I got to see clips of him in high school. I never got to to actually watch him play in person. But uh, yeah, man, I think that basketball team's right for the right for the run. Yeah. They can make a run. Yeah, so do I, I, I love our team. Well, coach, I'm excited. What's, what's uh what's up with you for the rest of the summer? Are you just gonna lay low and? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I've got a uh, my boy Chris Beard from Texas Tech. Had me out two years ago to, to spend a couple of days at his practice and talk to his team. And he just called me like three weeks ago. He said, Coach Hahn, he says, I messed up last year. I, I need to I need to bring you back this year. Because last year, you know, I, he said, I, he said I, I thought I was getting smart. So I brought in Dick Vitale and Rick Patino. <laughs> and he said, you know what? I don't want any one of those guys back, man. We need you back. <laughs> you so, definitely don't want Rick Pitino. So Chris Beard's going to bring me out, and my speaking thing there is good. Uh, I'm going to speak to the West Virginia University nurses, believe it or not. They're going to have a big thing in the fall, and they asked me if I could speak to them. So I'm getting some things about my speaking engagement uh so I can, as soon as I can have crowds again, you know, I think I'll be out in the pop. But Good. I can, I can handle the teams because the numbers aren't as big right. in the coronavirus. I can get around that. Right. I got one last question for you, Coach. Did Did you watch yeah. the um, Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN? I did. And if so, I did. you were yeah. coaching at Maryland when he was in North Carolina, right? That's. Let me tell you something. I've known. I've don't know him personally that good that I could he would see me in the purple collar come up to me and say, Hey coach Juan, how you doing? He might though, because he's pretty smart, but anyway. Uh you know what I learned about Michael Jordan through the whole thing, if you guys watch that thing. I'll see if you guys can can see what I saw. What do you think the number one thing about Michael Jordan, besides his basketball ability, what made him what makes Michael Jordan the goat? He pushed everyone to be his driver. 
yeah, and the fact yeah, that he, he demanded that guy, that guy created something to give him an edge in everything he did. Uh-huh. He created an edge. He created something that got him mad and got him motivated in his own mind, and he created it. And, that, and he responded to it. It's like amazing how he worked. Even that. if it wasn't true, <laughs> but, like but right, right. the bullets that he gave twenty eight two before half because he said the guy talked shit to him after the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what Michael did. It was like, nah, it never happened. Did you, when you were at Maryland and saw him, were you like, holy shit, this guy might be oh, the yeah. greatest player ever? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Are you kidding me? There were two players in the ACC with by the coach that played. <clears throat> David Thompson and Michael Jordan are the, out of my mouth. Those two guys are going like, oh, my gosh. These two guys aren't for real. These two guys are freaks. They're just freaks. And they were both freaks. So, Good stuff. Well, Coach, we're going to let you, we're, we're going to cut you loose. We appreciate you okay. taking some time and, and giving us an update on the team. And uh, it's always good to catch up with you and uh, hey, hear so your voice. It's, just, it's always a pleasure. And keep, keep – uh, Keep educating people, please, and, and 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 let's make our world better. Let's let's educate people and talk about how we need to get along and the, just the right things to do about the right thing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You guys call me anytime. You know I love you guys, and I just really look forward to being on the show. And maybe maybe the the ratings on this show will be the best ever. I hope they are. Oh so yeah. Too. Well, of course, it's always good to hear your voice, and happy again, uh, again, happy belated birthday. Thank you very much, guys. Good, good to hear from you. All right, See coach. You, coach. We'll catch you soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. The great Billy Hahn there. You know, he talked about Jordan. One of the things that always that always that I like about Jordan, it's kind of like that you have to be this tall to ride this ride mentality. Uh-huh. Like, you're either going to be on my level or you take your ass somewhere else. Right. Well, and that's exactly how he was. I mean, yeah. watching – that and. That thirty for thirty, they kept talking about. You know, Jordan said, "I'm I'm going to come across as an asshole, and people aren't going to like me." And I was waiting for the for it to get to the point that I didn't like the guy, and yeah. it never, it, it never it's, went. It's amazing what winning does, right? When you're the winner, I like. I, I Bar- just I liked Barkley's comment on it though. What was that when they asked him about? Uh, you know, you think you could have played with Jordan outside of the Dream Team, and he said. Well, yeah, what are you talking about? He said, you think he's going to be pulling that shit with me? <laughs> he, was like, he was like, look at who he's going at. He's like, he's going at Scotty Burrell and Steve Kerr. He's like, you know, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, he wasn't going at guys who, who would get back at him. He's like, he was going at guys he knew would just take it. And he's like, you know, even Kerr, I think, surprised him that he didn't just take it and came back at him. Yeah, but he said he, he didn't want those guys to think that they had just waltzed in and got to be on the best team in the league with the – greatest player you earn like, it he wanted them to earn it right so i don't know i've watched that thing like 10 times i all have the way too. Through. I, I still I love like, it i still like when old bj got mad and thought he was thought he, he was knew, hot shit yeah. Yeah. and then, <laughs> then he knew him he knew they messed up <laughs> all right we're gonna take a break when we come back there are some interesting developments happening in the acc and we'll get into some of that after this We'll be right back after this word, 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 word. Son of a bitch! 
It's the start of fall and football here at Tony the Tailor. No one in the Mid-Atlantic does men's clothing like Tony the Tailor. Best selection of quality sportswear from Johnny Owen Brax. Huge shoe department featuring Cole Hahn, Donald Pliner, and DiBianco. Jackets and suits from Hickey Freeman, Samuelson, and Talia. And of course, free alterations by Master Tailors. Tony the Tailor, 822 Virginia Street, downtown Charleston. 304-833-9403 or online at bestmastertailor.com. Wally's and Wimpy's Sports Digest, a West Virginia legend for three decades, is back. Get the scores, the schedules, special features. Wally's and Wimpy's has everything you need to get ready for the big game. High school, college, and pro sports, it's all in there. The Mountaineers, the Thundering Herd, every NCAA Division I conference, the Mountain East Conference, the National Football League, we've got it. Go to WallyWimpySports.com to find out where you can pick it up and how you can get Wally's and Wimpy's delivered straight to your inbox. Wally's and Wimpy's Sports Digest, back and better than ever. Back to the section three or four podcast, drinking beers, talking ears. Good to hear from Coach Billy Hahn there. Um, and again, the TBT tournament uh, will not feature Best Virginia. A couple of those guys have contracted the the Rona. Yeah, but Devin Williams is going to be playing with overseas elite, I think. And then uh, that's the team it. that wins it. Dax is yeah. playing for somebody, right? He's playing on a uh, they're uh, on a standby standby team. team. Yeah, so hopefully – FC something. Yeah. So, unfortunately, again, West Virginia will not be playing. I'm actually going to be at the beach. I was looking forward to kind of taking the day after the fourth and watching that game. But uh, Myrtle? I'll just stay drunk in the pool. Yeah, we're heading down to Myrtle Friday. Um, You're part of the problem. No, actually I'm not because here's why. <laughs> we stay in a private residential house, not in a commercial area, and I canceled my flight. I'm driving – and we are taking, telling me you're not going to eat crab legs. No, we don't go out. We never go out. You do it all there. You you buy you buy all your food and travel down with it, don't you? That's or, what we're going to do this time. And then we'll use ClickList. Well, if we need something from Kroger, so I am not a part of the problem. I am taking precaution. Because he I'm, wants football because I want football season. That we're going to have. If I can be in Myrtle and not go eat crab legs, well, I'm going to have to avoid it because I don't want to come back and get everybody sick. Well, speaking of the Atlantic Coast. The Atlantic Coast Conference commissioner retired. Stepping down. Yeah, I saw and that. Stepping aside. There's a few names being thrown about that are of very – of much interest to me at least because that is, in my opinion, where West Virginia sports needs to be That's where permanently. Belong. Right. Nothing against the Big 12. It's been a great, what, eight or nine years? Right. It's been fun, but – we need to be playing Pitt, BC, Syracuse, well, Tech. So they're talking about Oliver Luck. Who was instrumental in getting us into the Big 12. I I don't know if that's true. You should go back and listen to Neyland's. I've listened to yeah, that. Neyland, Neyland was probably the most instrumental, yeah. but I meant oh, yeah, as Luck far was as very shopping pro- us. Pro- proactive, yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. He led us there. 
And then also they're talking about uh, Clements, Clements who's former down president Jim Clements, and Shane Lyons, who did – I think he did like a 10-year stint as the number two at the ACC. Yeah, I heard Shane that – Shane Lyons? I heard Shane is a, is a very long shot, but he will probably end up getting an interview. Hmm. Um, I heard – Luck's interesting. I heard Luck may be the front runner in it. Um, I also heard what's his name, Bob uh, Swafford, Swafford, down at NC State that ran the Army program, just took over as the AD at NC State. Uh, his name's come up a lot too. But they said one thing that might might hold back there is him only being at NC State for a year. They don't know if he'd if he'd be the type of guy to jump and take over so but luck i mean luck has luck has done well everywhere he has gone i mean even the xfl they were doing well just corona kind of yeah made fold right right see where you're suing the fuck out of vince mcmahon yeah breach of contract <laughs> well but, <laughs> yeah well yeah but you know i think if luck would end up in that position i think that would open the door for West Virginia, potentially, if they when the new alignment, I think it's two years happens. away. Yeah, two years. The, yeah. I think all the contracts are up in twenty twenty four. They'll start negotiating Shaking that a couple years out. So. What, right, and conference realignment again is inevitable. Right, right. It's unfortunate too. Um, you know, and I look back at the the rating of the Big East and just look how that has decimated Eastern football schools. I mean, West Virginia, believe it or not, made out. And has survived. Um, Boston College. Nope. Nope. Virginia Tech. Syracuse is the one. That... Syracuse. Miami. I mean, Miami. You. Yeah. Miami has been irrelevant since um, they joined the ACC. You know, that Tech's move, done really well. You know, Tech has probably been the one out of all those that have left. Yeah. You know, Pitt, of course, they're still so, so social distancing. They've been doing that for the last 15 or 20 years up there. <laughs> um, but. It's unfortunate that there's no Eastern football. I know I bitch about that all the time, but the fact that that know, was put in motion 30 years ago by Penn State. Yeah, um, Penn State broke the whole thing up. You know, it's just unfortunate. And then the rating of the Big East, which you know worked out well for teams like Cincinnati and Louisville, um, but the fact that um, we don't play Virginia Tech and Syracuse on a annual in conference, uh, you know. In, in that situation, is unfortunate. So, well, and like you were talking about, if we went to the ACC, could you imagine if they would realign it to where it was kind of like the old Big East and put those, put Tech, Pitt, us, how, how many teams Miami, are in the ACC? Fifteen, fourteen, and then Notre Dame is for other sports, right? So I don't know what what you do with Notre Dame because they're not going to join for football. Well, it's going to get to the point, honestly. Like if it, if they do. If all these conferences do end up going to 16 teams, it's going to get to the point that you look at Notre Dame so you're either in or you're out. Yeah, they've been saying that for years. Yeah, yeah but I, I mean – But I think I think it's it's going to uh, – if you go to super conferences, it's going to come down to you're going to have to. And I, I, I don't like the uh, the concept of a super conference. I don't like the fact that there would be 16 teams in a conference. The rotation – and do you really – uh, It would champion? almost be two conferences within one. Right. I don't like that. You would play what? You would have eight teams in a division. You'd play your seven division teams and then two from the other division. That right. would give you nine games. Hell, you might even play ten games. I don't know. Yeah, but, but I, I just I just don't feel like the ACC ever – I mean, they have, but there's a lot of times where do you really get a true champion? 
and that's my issue. It's not very competitive. Right, right, right. now. You know, Clemson, it used to be Florida State and everybody else. Now it's Clemson and everybody else. But, you know, can that number two team behind Clemson realistically be the second best team in the conference right. and have a shot at the championship? And then their conference championship games have been complete dog shit because yeah, you'll get have. Clemson or Florida State versus like Pitt or North Carolina. Right. Or North Carolina, or for this year it was Virginia. Virginia's like, what, 8-4 and four and Clemson's 12-0 and 0 and yeah. it's not even – really competitive at all so so that's one thing i don't like about the super conference you know these teams um don't really get to have have to play each other and there's years where they get to dodge a team that may actually could have knocked them out like everything else it's money driven i know i I think that money might start drying up though boys i think the bubble with college sports is about to burst and um, You're talking about the Under Armour UCLA. That's one thing. I think if we don't play football this year, which is definitely a possibility, there will be programs that will not make it. I don't think West Virginia is one of them, but it, it could get really dicey. So. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, you've already seen schools shut up shop. Yeah. You know, Morehouse. Uh, yeah, they're the first scholarship program to uh, say no. And I tell you what. People need to appreciate what we've done because we've been very well run from a financial standpoint. We've never gotten over our skis with building facilities. It's always been done the right way. There are schools like Rutgers and Maryland or two that have, I mean, they don't, they don't make any money. Right. So you can do that when you have games and TV contracts, but if that starts to dry up, which it, I think anything's on the table right now because this – COVID is completely unpredictable. It could get interesting. So, and like you said, the Under Armour thing with UCLA, that was the biggest um, apparel contract with the school. 218 million. Yeah. So Under Armour is trying to get out of that because they're not seeing the marketing benefits. And I don't know. I don't think Under Armour as a company is doing very well right now. So, probably not. I mean, you're not going to see that from companies like Nike. Yeah. If schools don't get their Nike money, I mean, if you don't get your TV contract money, what's what's going to happen? Where's the? Yeah. How do I you mean, pay coaches five million dollars a year? You don't. Your conference money. What West Virginia was got thirty six million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've never seen money like that. Which before. is all based on TV. Right. So from the strange conference. times. Yeah. Well, and that's why I said if if anything, I see us at least having no fans and then playing the game. I don't know what they're going to do. I'll be curious to see. I think one scenario that a lot of people, we, we put up a Twitter poll last week, and a lot of people that follow our page, uh, like, um, and I'd have to pull it up real fast, but a lot of people believe that we will not see um, a conference schedule, that maybe they'll delay it and just play conference games. Um, and that that's a possibility. And, I, man, I really hate to lose that uh, Florida State game. Well, but – I think that Florida State game may inevitably be cut off anyway. Or played without any fans. Right. I could see that. I don't know. And just, just get the TV money. Now, I mean, that, and that that would get – I mean, the TV ratings would be through the mm-hmm. roof just because people would be watching it like crazy. But – I don't know. We'll see. I, I think it, you will get – a decision, a definitive decision on what's going to happen by the end of July. Yeah, we'll know soon. No one wants to make that call, though. No. I think it's a wait and see. Yeah. And again, um, you know, it's the people that are reckless 
totally reckless that are those going to Myrtle. Yeah. Luke, yeah. <coughs> <Loop>. fucking <coughs> asshole. <coughs> How dare you? Yeah. Well, it, here's the, I found the Twitter poll. 77, 77% of our people that participate. You can't buy an inflatable fucking pool and stay in town. I've been staying in town and living well, in the, my backyard for He'd been sitting months. at Allen's. You got a beautiful beach Longing. in your backyard, man. Longing. And Canal River. I know. The dog swam in it yesterday. She grown a fifth leg now? <laughs> <laughs> she She didn't seem too fast this morning getting up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, 77% with 118 people vote, 77% of you believe that uh, the non-conference portion of the schedule will get canceled, which I see as a What's the rationale behind that, though? I mean, one delaying, of our non-conference games is Delaying Maryland. the start of the season. Yeah, should we play Maryland in, instead of Texas because they're closer? You wouldn't have to get on a plane? I mean, you're – I think they still fly to Maryland. I think it's, it's a I, possibility to delay the um, – Delay the delay the start of the season. Push the season back. I'd love to go to a game in Morgantown in January. Well, (laughs) no, I'm serious. If there was like a 12 inch, I mean, that'd be be awesome. awesome. But it would just get a rainstorm like we've had for the past two years. Fucking football season or a vaccine for this shit by fall. Just relax. We shall see. We shall see. I'm not a doctor or a scientist. Nah, but there's doctors who no, but they're I'm testing a- like five different things right now. All five have shown that they they work, and they're going to probably clear three of them to become. Ready, I don't know. I mean, but here's the thing: you've got to have a plan in place. What's scary? Here's and I'll just say that here's one thing that's scary is they've already started canceling things in September. Why are they canceling them though? Because you got to have time to prepare and, and plan liability and liability. That's the main reason. No well, one wants to be the first to say, you know what, we're going to roll the dice. We're going to take a chance. And if, if people get sick, that's on you. And then no one wants to do that right now. Well, but here's the thing. You put, it, you put it on the ticket. Yeah. That you're coming know. at your own risk. I mean. Is it the spread of the disease or the liability? Because I'm starting to think right now it's that the liability. it's the liability. People are just scared of getting the shit You made me them. sign a waiver and say if you come into Mountaineer Field and you contract – X disease, you're they're a, never going to go that. They'll never do that. Why? They just won't. I'd well, sign it. I know they just won't I'd sign it. That's just yeah. not the way. While I bought my season tickets, the people while the American people are okay with it, corporations and major universities and pro, they are not okay with it. So so well, that's the way it's, I know this much. I'm a degenerate gambler and I need sports back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> On that note, let's get the fuck out of here. Good call. Thanks for checking out the show this week. Good to hear from Coach Billy Hahn. It's been a long one, but it's uh, had a lot to talk about. Yep. It's been a while since we've been here. And uh, we will catch you guys next week as Mountaineer pitcher, WVU pitcher, and West Virginia native, St. Albans native, Jake Carr will join us. So we'll have that show next week. So make sure you check it out on iTunes, SoundCloud, and you can also listen at section304podcast.com. We'll see you then. Let's go!